Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events around the world in golf. Today we preview the Abu Dhabi Championship, look back at the best golf innovations of the 2010s and answer your questions from social media. Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. My name's Tom Clark and I am joined by Elliot Heath. How are you doing, Elliot? Uh, yeah, very good, Tom. How are you? Are you over the Christmas blues yet? Are you, are you feeling a bit more positive? You seemed a little bit down last week. I'm very, very good. Got some good news at the weekend. Got quite drunk as well. Still haven't played any golf this year, which... I well, reckon that's a record for me in the last it's decade. It's January the 13th, so... My first day. game's not going to be till the 25th. What was your good news over the weekend, earlier? Uh, can I share our good news together? You can do. Me and you, Tom, listeners, we will <laughs> be um, traipsing down the... Oh, ho- traipsing up, up the home of golf. We will be walking over the Swilkham Bridge uh, and we'll be playing the old course of St Andrews. Lifelong dream on the bucket list. Still can't really believe it's happening. But yeah, it's happening in mid-April, so I'm sure yes. you'll hear more about it then. Absolutely. Some exciting news we got that we'll be going up there and playing a few of the courses around there, so it should be a really good trip. I think we need to maybe have some kind of wager oh, yeah. over it. Yeah. Uh, how many shots are you going to give me? Uh, Shot a hole? Well, you're off 28, I'm off <laughs> 5, so I'll give you 23 shots. Oh, do you know what? I'll take that. Okay, if that's the way you're going to do it, that's what you're going to be. Especially with how nervous you get. You're going to be very nervous. No, I'm, I'm good on You pressure. are going to be very... <laughs> you're such a lie. Just a complete lie. So, uh, yeah, that should be great fun. Um, so you haven't played any golf at all? No. So you, that's it. You're out of form. You're going to need to start hitting the range. Yeah, so uh, going to Budapest this weekend. Playing golf? Well, actually, you've got something more important this weekend, possibly. Possibly, but yeah. With uh, baby number two. Good luck with that, by the way. Thank you. And then got a competition next weekend, so... Not going to go to the range because I never go to the range. Just going to turn up cold on the tee and see what happens. You'll probably shoot the lights out of it. Uh, yeah, I do have a baby number two due any moment. So, um, yeah, I'm probably unlikely to be here next week. Who knows? We'll wait and see. Was the first one late or early? Late. Oh, but so. that doesn't really mean. What are the odds of it being late again? I, as a tip to yourself. You've got some good news as well. Yeah, so. I know. Hang on. Let's get to that. Calm down. Calm down. So you are, you are at least you're in a positive mood. Uh, I don't know what the odds are on whether my next child will be early or late, but we'll soon find out. Um, but as you were saying, there has been some good news for the tipster. First uh, load of betting tips, and we've got a winner. Cameron Smith winning the Sony Open, uh, won his second PJ Tour title, he beat Brendan Steele in a playoff after Steele finished bogey par. Smith is now up to 31st in the world. What you were the odds you got on him, sorry? I'm getting to that, Elliot. Why are you butting in? Uh, 40 to 1. Just having a chat. 40 to 1. So, oh, yeah, so nice nice odds. Just having a chat. Um, no, it was, I was very happy. I mean, he was, as anyone who read my betting tips last week, um, he's, I thought we'd been playing pretty well. He, he didn't play in that many matches at the President's Club, but what he did do at the President's Club, he looked really good. I know he was in Australia, so uh, looked really solid, and I just thought the course was going to suit him, um, because it can get a bit windy, and Aussie players are usually pretty good in the wind, and uh, it did get quite windy in Hawaii, and actually a bit wet as well, and um, Smith played really solid, still probably rather threw it away a little bit towards the end, but it's obviously a big tournament with a big prize fund, so... um, yeah, you got a feel for Steele a little bit because I don't. He <laughs> he bogeyed seventeenth. Like fair play, that's a bad mistake for a professional golfer. But then it took him forty minutes to play the last hole. I think because Ryan Palmer was having a bit of a mare, he had to go back and play his second shot after hitting it off the planet. And it Cameron happens. Smith made a, a brilliant birdie, like a really nice putt that had a bit of swing in it under pressure, and then. Uh, still made bogey, so still kind of messed it up, but still Smith won it himself, didn't he? Indeed. And there was some pretty good news. I mean, Australia have been having a horrible time with all the bushfires, and um, Smith raised uh, $10,500 by donating $500 for each of the 21 birdies that he made throughout the week. And actually, six Australian players, plus American Parker McLaughlin, 
along with the President's Club and PGA Tour, have raised over $250,000 to help with the crisis, which is obviously great news. Uh, there's enough money around that um, you know they, people should be getting behind these um, these funds. Um, Cameron Smith, he's a very, very good player. And he was... I saw a little stat they put up on the TV uh, that... Over the past three years, I think he'd had seven runner-ups and no wins. Um, and only Tony Finau, who's had ten runner-ups and no win, and someone else. Oh, Hideki, eight runners-up and no wins, had you know had had more than that. So um, I think he was getting a little bit twitchy. And that does affect you, I think, um, trying to get it done when you know that you finished second so many times. So... I think he's done really well. Yeah, this is officially his second PJ Tour win because he won the Zurich Classic, the doubles event. And then he's also won the Aussie PJ Championship two years in a row. So uh, Very, some, very talented golfer. Yeah, big wins it? under his belt. Now, Mark Leishman was actually saying like he's a real fighter and if you're in a tough match and it's not going well, you want Cameron Smith on your team. Yeah, so um, that's great. Yeah, good to see him. A proper, you know, good young player out there got off to a great start to the year and he could do very well and he was four over after two holes oh i wasn't looking it wasn't looking very good for my tip at that point was it so uh you know it happens as you get you know that shows you know you shouldn't give up should you and also i think it'd be quite popular with people after what you said about patrick reed not because people dislike patrick reed but um just hearing players speak honestly and openly whereas um mcelroy perhaps a little bit more pr friendly just kind of didn't want to say anything about it, whereas uh, Smith really like spoke his mind about the situation, which I guess re- always refreshing to hear professionals. Yep, speak I think their he's. Mind. I think he's actually gained a lot of uh, followers and fans over the last few weeks. So that's really good. Uh, there was also good news for someone who's been away from the winner's circle for a little while, and that's Brandon Grace. He won at the South African Open for the first time when he shot a final round 62. He's quite good at shooting rounds of 62. Of course, he was the first person to shoot a 62 in a major when we. Were we were there, weren't we? Yeah. Where uh, was that? That was at Royal Birkdale, yeah. Uh, he's nine under round uh, at the weekend, included eight birdies and an eagle. He said he can't remember the last time his putter was that hot. It was first win since the 2017 Ned Bank Golf Challenge and he moved from 129th in the world to 73rd. Uh, Usain was three back in second despite a bogey free final round featuring a hole in one. So some spectacular golf happened in South Africa. Um, world number 1,398 Marcus Armitage was third and qualified for the Open Championship when he held a very gritty what 20 footer on the last yeah something like that um, Grace and Jaco Ehlers is that how you spell, pronounce their surname? I think so uh, took the other two spots up for grabs so uh, yeah pre- I thought it was a pretty decent tournament actually um, I mean South Africans usually completely dominate it and they dominated it again but there was some good exciting golf and some good high quality golf Oosthuizen and Grace being at the top of the leaderboard shows that that is a decent standard that's kind of exactly what the organisers would have wanted wouldn't they yeah. I mean Grace has had been not having the greatest of the year last year uh, he was out at about 40 to 1 to win I can't believe he was 1-2-9 in the world yeah, you think he's, you, just, he's yeah, like yeah. a top twenty fifteen player? You would think. Yeah, exactly. And uh, when I saw Usain playing so well Friday Saturday, I thought oh, Usain is going to win this by a mile. And suddenly Grace puts in that incredible charge. Yeah, that hole in one put him into the lead as well. And then, yeah. but Grace just absolutely steamrolled it. Like you said, probably never been that hot before. Yeah, so really exciting stuff. I mean, Usain was obviously the defending champion, so at least he won it last year. And he has. It's a. It's a. It's a really good event, isn't it? Isn't was it the second oldest Open? Is yeah. that correct? Amazing yeah. trophy, amazing yeah. history. I think Gary Player has won it like over 10 times. times I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a, proper tr- a proper event and it's good that some of these events, especially early on in the season, can actually not have the strongest of fields, but actually that did have a strong field and a, and a very exciting finish. You know, that's a great final, uh, final round. Um, I love Marcus Armitage as well. I remember watching him dominate the Euro Pro Tour about five years ago when I used to watch golf 24-7 and um, well you don't anymore even though it's your job now is that what you're saying Elliot? Yeah, I still watch plenty <laughs> of golf but you know I used to watch the Trilby Tour all the time and anything that was on and yeah he um, is just a hilarious character a really down to earth guy it seems been through hard times speaks really honestly just uh, one of golf's probably best characters out there right now and it'd be great to see him have a good season yeah, I, it's great when people... Are, I mean, it's such a career... Well, not career, but season-defining thing which has happened there. 
on the you know the second weekend of the year suddenly you qualify for one of the biggest events of the of the season and it just you know something to look forward to six months down the line you know he's going to be teeing up at Royal St George's and uh, uh, hopefully he's going to remember his waterproofs because he's going to need them probably so um yeah great stuff moving on last week we spoke about a new gear release we're going to talk about another one this week and that is the new Callaway Maverick driver in woods uh, which uh, technical editor Joel Tadman has been reviewing so here's Joel talking about this new release Hello everyone, Joel here from Golf Monthly. I'm testing the brand new Callaway Maverick drivers. Really excited about this one. Callaway making some big claims about the performance of these drivers, especially this brand new club base designed by a supercomputer. So I think it's about time we had a look at the different models within the range, what they're all about, assess the looks and the performance to really see how these drivers stack up. So what have Callaway done with this Maverick driver range to make it unique and improve the performance? Well, we saw with Epic Flash how they used a supercomputer, artificial intelligence to create a very complex multi-thickness face. Well, Callaway say they've invested more millions of dollars into this kind of supercomputer, artificial intelligence concept to create three different face designs specific to each model within the range. So much so, they actually needed to use a stronger material uh, to incorporate this new design. So, Callaway say that you know on those slight mishits you shouldn't be losing as much speed as you were in Epic Flash and certainly in Rogue that this driver range replaces. Uh, there are three different models, you've got the, the standard model, the Sub-Zero and the Max model, uh, all catering for different needs. On the face of it, you know, Callaway uh, really trying to push the boundaries of forgiveness with the driver and especially accuracy without sacrificing distance. That's the big thing they're talking about, is not really sacrificing anything. So it'd be interesting to see how these drivers perform but before we go on to that let's talk about the looks of these drivers so these callaway maverick drivers i think the first point to touch on is this orange finish on the sole i think you're kind of downed if you do and downed if you don't with driver design if you had a plain black driver people would say it's boring if you put loads of color on it people would say it's a bit leery and maybe cheapens the look about a little bit for me i'm kind of in the middle i like the fact that it's got a bit of color on it, it kind of pops off the shelf and it's definitely noticeable out on tour we saw xander shoffle put this driver in play at the President's Cup and it was instantly recognisable with that orange finish, which I suppose is what Callaway want. Um, but you could argue it does cheapen the look a little bit, uh, especially from the sole view, but at address, it's, it's a nice clean looking driver to be honest with you. Very similar to Rogue actually. You've got the carbon fibre weave pattern on the crown with some kind of very subtle orange trim around the perimeter, um, pretty easy to align. Yeah, I've got the three different models and they are three distinct shapes actually, starting with the standard Maverick driver, which interestingly you can see this has a cyclone shape to it so you can see it's very high at the back kind of got this high rear skirt comes up very steeply and the Callaway say this is going to reduce aerodynamic drag up to 61% compared to Epic Flash so that should help give you more club head speed. Um, it's kind of mid-sized in terms of down, down behind the ball at address it's a, it's a really nice profile actually and then you move into the Sub-Zero model it's got a taller face it's a little bit shorter from front to back when you put it down behind the ball actually and better players will definitely prefer that kind of compact shape and it's got adjustable sole weight so you've got 2 and 14 grand that you can switch around to change the spin characteristics and launch characteristics of the driver so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that performs compared to the standard model it doesn't have the cyclone shape to it and then you've got the max model here which i literally just received yesterday uh, so this is kind of like the larger forgiving high moi driver option within the range and it's got more draw bias built in as well so uh, basically this is for golfers that tend to slice the ball miss to the right and also have maybe a slower swing speed the max driver is a good option for those players so three distinct kind of uh, profiles at address um, all very good definitely prefer the sub-zero driver um, you know that's the smallest moving into the stand a little bit bigger and then the max is definitely the longest from front to back probably going to inspire the most confidence uh, so three different looks to suit three different preferences Okay, so now we're talking about sound and feel of these drivers and I've got my Epic Flash Sub-Zero just to give you hopefully a bit of a comparison with what Maverick offers. We know that Rogue a couple of years ago was a really nice powerful thud to it. It was quite a set, quiet sound, kind of a soft sound but a very powerful thud. Um, but let's see how Epic Flash first of all sets some kind of bass feelings with uh, Epic Flash about what that's all about. We know as you heard there, has a very 
high pitch sound. Didn't really like that, to be honest with you. Um, was never a fan of that kind of um, tingy sound to it. So let's see how uh, the Maverick, this is a standard, standard model first of all. See how that kind of uh, sounds and feels compared to uh, Epic Flash. That was the Sub-Zero model. This is the standard Maverick. And hopefully you can detect on the microphone there that it is a very different sound. Definitely um, lower pitched, quieter, probably a bit shorter as well. Um, more kind of a, like a thud to it, as we saw with Rogue Driver. Um, but let's see how the Sub-Zero driver compares to both of those. So, yeah, this is the driver that, um, based on the numbers that I've seen so far and the performance, this is the one I would probably be looked to putting in the bag out of, out of any of them. And for me, definitely a much better feeling and sounding driver than the Epic Flash. I'm not quite sure if it's as good as Rogue uh, for me. Um, it's a little bit louder than Rogue. I like the shortness of the sound that we had with Rogue. This one reverberates for a little bit longer and it's maybe a little bit louder, but it definitely the feel off the face is very solid with these Maverick drivers. It really does feel like there's minimal energy lost in that collision between club and ball. Um, so very, very pleasing for me. Uh, and if you're looking for uh, a driver that's going to feel really solid and really powerful, but not be too loud and overpowering, the Maverick drivers are going to deliver that, especially the Sub-Zero. Right, so on to my overall verdict. And I've got to say, there is an awful lot to like about the Callaway Maverick drivers. You know, while it maybe didn't kind of blow me away in terms of performance, I don't really think you're going to see that anymore. Um, you, you're not going to see drivers where you're going to be gaining 10, 15 yards over what came before. You know, those days are gone. You know, we're always talking marginal gains when it comes to new driver releases. And for me, there is a lot to like, like I mentioned, especially when it comes to feel and sound with this driver and accuracy. Now, those are the two things that really stood out for me. And with the three different heads, you've got you know, some distinct choices there where you go through a custom fitting process with Callaway, uh, depending on the launch and spin characteristics you're looking for, or maybe even shot shape preferences as well. Obviously, you know, with the Sub-Zero driver, you don't have the option now to adjust the weight of the back for shot shape, but you do have the option to adjust launch and spin. So Callaway have kind of flipped that from Epic Flash. So you, it, within the two different ranges, therefore, there is uh, some differentiation there, you know, with uh, them running concurrently, both on sale this year in 2020. If you're looking for shot shape adjustability, you've got the option of Epic Flash. And then if you've got the kind of the, the front to back adjustability with a Sub-Zero driver and Maverick, you can go down that route. Um, but across all different options within the Maverick range, there's definitely going to be one to cater for your needs. But in this stock shaft offering, uh, I've been very impressed with the Maverick Sub-Zero. Um, definitely a contender for my bag. Love the looks of it, love the feel of it, and the performance is very good as well and very playable out in the golf course. So comes in at £469, so sits just under Epic Flash, although you probably get them for a similar amount now. For me, it represents pretty decent value for money in the grand scheme of things on the driver market. Guys, hope you enjoyed that uh, review of the Callaway Maverick range. Of course, check out the full review on the Golf Monthly website where I will add my Max driver data uh, to the story. But for now, from Burley Park Golf Club, it's goodbye from me, and I'll see you next time. There you go. There was Joel talking about the new Callaway Maverick range. And is that one of the ones that's going to be on your test list this year, Elliot? No, I'm pretty happy with my driver at the moment. What driver are you using, Elliot? Ping G400 Max. You can hit that just about out of your shadow, can't you? <laughs> on a good day, weather like this, could probably carry it about 240. <laughs> Big hit. <laughs> Downhill, downwind. Uh, uh, so we did also get a comment on social media about playing our videos from Joel Tabman and Neil Tappen and that we should have them on the podcast instead. I've been speaking to Joel today and I think he be, will be making a podcast appearance soon. Yes. And he'll answer yeah, your yeah, questions. Yeah, absolutely. He'll discuss all the new gear. Uh, so yeah that will be coming in yeah we're trying I mean the guys are over in Orlando uh, last year if anyone was listening last year uh, we had a big podcast special direct from Orlando when I was over in Orlando with Joel and Neil Tappin and we had a big chat about all the latest gear um, I'm not there this uh, year because of my impending arrival um, but once those guys have got back from Orlando I think it'd be great to get them on the podcast to see uh to get to hear their views on the latest gear what's really impressed and also they would have hit most of the stuff as well so we'll definitely have a, a gear special um somewhere towards the end of january i reckon um 
Next week, we have, or the, actually this coming weekend, we have two more tournaments to look forward to. On the European Tour, we've got the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship, and it really feels like this is the start of the European Tour and the start of the golf season for a lot of people. Um, the Abu Dhabi Golf Club hosts as the Rolex Series returns, so loads of money to, up for grabs, and we've got a really strong field. Um, last year, Shane Lowry birded the 72nd hole to beat Richard Sterney by one. Obviously, Lowry then also went on to win the Open that year as well. That was one of the shots of the year last year that three would absolutely. absolutely brilliant um, and there's a huge field this week headlined by a world number one Brooks Koepka defending champion Lowry and two time winner Tommy Fleetwood other big names include Boston Shambo, Sergio Garcia Patrick Cantlay Victor Hovland Danny Willett Matt Wallace and many others uh, there's also a 15 year old playing in the form of Josh Hill who was the youngest winner of an official world golf ranking event just a couple of months ago when he won the Al open on the Minotaur in October aged 15 years and 8 months so who do we fancy this week you know I'm on form you just count on your fingers there just confirming that he is still 15 but <laughs> he'll be probably 16 in February I guess Something he was like that. 8 months in October <laughs> just looking so look at the, a quick look at the uh, at the odds and I was surprised to see Patrick Cantley quite so short he, he's 8 to 1 uh, pretty much about joint favourite with Tommy Fleetwood um, Cantley I'm not sure if he's ever played in the event before I don't think no, he, he hasn't. has he was uh, second in uh, Hawaii I knew he said Hawaii because <laughs> I ordered a Hawaii today yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, yeah so I'm surprised he's that short odds because course knowledge is a big thing Hawaii as in the Century Tournament Champions not Sony last week yes that, thank you for confusing absolutely everybody Elliot <laughs> uh, but there's some big names there I mean Cup because I know coming back from injury but I think that as well number one he should be maybe shorter he's 10 to 1 and it's rare that you get him at double figures um, Oosthuizen as well been playing really solid obviously second last week 14 to 1 and then there's the likes of Fitzpatrick 16 to 1 but Lowry 17 to 1 18 to 1 it seems just a little bit longer when you compare the others yeah defender champion and he finished second in hong kong last week so if i was an odds maker i would have him in the top two i reckon yeah and, and there's other guys that just spring out just, i'm just looking danny willett 30 i was just looking at one. Well. He, that's very long isn't it sergio 40 to one i mean i know he didn't he didn't have an incredible season last year but He's done well in the Middle East before, and I think those odds are very, very long. Obviously, that's because of so many short price favourites at the top. Matt Wallace, 55 to 1. That's very long for me. So, um, yeah, that, do have a good look. I mean, I really do fancy Oosthuizen, uh, 14 to 1, and Matt Wallace at, at 50, well, 50 to 1. So, they're the two of the guys I'll be tipping. To check out the rest of the event tips, do Google Golf Bank Tips and click on the Golf Monthly uh, post. I said Sergio Garcia. Rasmus Hogard there stands out to me, and I can't remember who else. Who who else did I say in the office? Um, someone silly, wasn't it? No. Oh no, you said Kaima, didn't you? No, Ky- I know that you said about back. Oh, Kurt Kitayama, sixty-six oh, yeah. to one there. Kurt Kitayama, and you fancied Josh Hill, didn't you? At six hundred. Well, you know, let's just, let's mention Josh Hill. You know, he's a fifteen-year-old, going to be, you know, he's going to be teeing up. It's under a lot of pressure, but he's. He lives in Dubai. I know that's not... Grew up in Dubai. Grew up in Dubai, which isn't Abu Dhabi, I know, before anyone says. It's next door to Abu Dhabi. But he's from that neck of the woods. Uh, He's going to be used to conditions. He's already had success uh, in Dubai this year. And he's also, I think, had a top 10 in in an event in Abu Dhabi as well. So, you know, 600 to 1, that's worth 50p each way, isn't it? Something like that. Um, Check out whether I actually tip or not when I... I'm not sure whether I will or not. I'm going to be writing it later. So uh, there is another event uh, this week the P- on the PJ Tour, a newly named event, but actually it's an existing event, and that's called that is the American Express. That's all it's known as, the American Express. It's known as the Desert Classic last year, and then the Career Builder Challenge the year before that. It's hosted at the PJ West on the stadium course in La Quinta, California. Adam Long birded the 18th last year to beat Phil Mickelson. Uh, Mickelson is making his first start of 2020 this week and also hosts the tournament with money benefiting the Mickelson Foundation. It's a strong field, including Francesco Molinari, Ricky Fowler, Paul Casey, Tony Finau and Matthew Wolf. Who thinks going to do well? Uh, I think Paul Casey. I know it's uh, a bit obvious, but uh, just a 
brilliant golfer. I mean, Can Casey's really very short, isn't he? Uh, so, make sorry, birdies. Casey's not that short. Sorry, I've got that wrong. Ricky Fowler is the eleven to one favourite. Um, Casey's double that, twenty-two to one. Um, um, yeah, I like Kisner. Abraham answer as well. Brilliant. The, the guy who I who I really fancy for this is Tony Fee now, twenty-two to one. This. You know, if you're going to win this event, you need to shoot birdies. It's just a birdie fest, and you can spray it around wherever you want. You hit it as far as you can. You'll be able to find it, and then you, you know, get your birdies from there. Um, so, Fino, I think, is going to be the. It's going to really suit him because he hits it so, so far. Also, Mickelson, thirty-three to one. I think he's someone that we need to just note. He's, I think, he's seventy-fifth in the world or something like that now. So he's in danger of falling out of the world's top hundred. Uh, but this is one of the events which he has done well in the past because actually it doesn't matter where he hits it off the tee. And from that, if he can find his ball, he's, he's capable of making birdie from anywhere. So uh, Fino and Mickelson are two of the ones I think to look out for. Yeah, uh, just seeing there, Lucas Bieregaard's playing as well. Maybe he's he's got his PGA Tour card for twenty twenty. Uh, very long odds at one seven five to one. Did try, I mean, he did very well at the WGC match play last year, but then actually didn't have a great season after that, um, which if you'd actually seen him play, you you shocked by because he was playing so well, wasn't he? But yeah, there are so many pretty decent names at very long odds. So One person who's just sprung out of me, just as I was looking, is Bill Haas, who I think... I'm going to have to double-check this. But Bill Hass, who I think has got a pretty decent record. Yeah, he won it when it was called the Humana Challenge. Well, there you go. So um, This tournament uh, has a new name every year. He pretty does, much. pretty much. Um, so 200 to 1, he's had to come back from all kinds of issues with injury and other bits and pieces. So, um, you know, I think there's, a few, there's, again, some very good value. And it's the time of year where you're never quite sure who's going to win because some people are still um, recovering from the Christmas period and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it should be a really good weekend of golf where we've actually got the proper Abu Dhabi Championship on at a really good time that we can all watch uh, Saturday, Sunday and Friday, Thursday, Friday, if you want to. And then, obviously, the evening golf as well, which is, starts a little bit later, but um, it still is pretty... It's spectacular a, it's a better time than who are we than uh, <laughs> Hawaii <laughs> Hawaii uh, there have, are you other, drink, have you been drinking there are other phone models available exactly right well, absolutely yeah uh, <laughs> indeed so there, there you go that's the uh, the tournament's previews and uh, reviews for this week um, obviously come back to us next week when we'll be finding out if we if I picked another winner I'm very excited now. You know, I, I hope you do. I'm honestly. You saw my smile this morning. I was, it was a you very shocked. Nice, you nearly fainted. It's been so it long since my nice last surprise. win. So yeah, we're back in it. Um, so we're going to have a chat now um, about um, a video that uh, one of our uh, guys made, Neil Tappin, recently about the best golf innovations of the past decade, i.e., the 2010s. Um, and he went through uh, what he thought were the seven most seven best innovations in golf. Uh, and we're going to try and pick our favourite from that. So the, the innovations were, what were they, Elliot? They were shot tracking technology, i.e. shot scope watches, game golf technology, Arcos, uh, which are actually really impressive. Um, I don't know how they do that. It's very clever. Uh, spikeless golf shoes. Obviously, we saw Fred Couples debut them, I think, at the 2011 Masters. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, oh, he's wearing these tennis shoe things from Echo. And now... Pretty much everybody owns a pair. Um, club face technology. Club faces are now thinner. We've seen twist face. We've seen speed injected faces. We've seen faces built by computers. They're basically very clever how they increase speed on off-center hits. I'm mm-hmm. not the equipment editor, as you know, but uh, they're... Well, I think it's the, the point is that the, they managed to make them, the clubs lighter, more forgiving... Yeah, and it means you get more, you can more club speed, more ball speed, all this stuff. Um, but actually, yeah, it's it's amazing the technology keeps on moving forward, doesn't it? There's also waterproofs. Waterproofs, obviously, uh, the technology's gone, gone, gone incredible with this. You know, they're much lighter. You can keep them now rolled up in your bag. Also, I think the price, although the price at the top end is still very expensive, actually, you can actually now buy. A very good set of waterproofs for a very competitive price now, yeah, which, is, which is massively important. I think that's the thing. You know, technology on all of these has moved on so far that actually you could only get some of this by paying an absolute premium, say 15, 20 years ago. Now, actually, there's no reason everybody can get exactly what they want. 
Yeah, perhaps um, a decade ago you might have put your waterproof jacket on and blamed it on your bad golf because you're all stiff and you can't swing. Now they're flexible as well and really quiet as well. They used to be very loud. Yeah. Another thing as well with the styling, I'm going to shout out underarm here because I have an underarm waterproof top and I wear it outside of the golf course, whereas I think a decade ago... No, but you're a bit of a sad case, aren't you? I mean, are you trying to give fashion advice to people here? No, but a decade ago, you you wouldn't be wearing your golf waterproof out down the shops or whatever. But I think now, with the styling evolved, I think you can get yeah, away so, with it with yeah. most of them. No, the, the styling... Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. It's much more... Um, much more maybe fashionable, much more... It doesn't look like a golf waterproof. It just looks like any other bit of sport clothing, doesn't it? Yeah. So, um, which you can wear or not. I mean, another thing, uh, the next bit was adjustability. It's a, another thing which I think has helped with price and availability for clubs. They used to, have, if you wanted to get custom fitted, then you used to have to wait weeks and weeks for your clubs to actually turn up. Well, now you can actually get fitted and almost get the clubs, not if not on the spot, within you know a week or so, um, which yeah. is an incredible change of technology isn't it especially with drivers where you can actually get you know you can get fitted for for what looks like a completely different club but actually everything's the same the head's the same the shaft's the same they just you know it's very clever how how the fitters do it isn't it it's incredible how they've come on I think like back to the day where it was essentially just a lump of wood and now carbon fibre titanium and then you can well, obviously, like in the previous decade, we had the TaylorMade R7 Quad. I think that was the first adjustable one that yep. had weights in it. But then in this decade, we've had all the shaft technology where you can change the loft of it. You can change the lie angle. Uh, TaylorMade brought in with the SLDR midway through the decade where you could lower the spin rate by moving the weight forward on that track. And then we've seen that developed. Really, if you think about it, you can make your driver into whatever kind of driver you want it to yeah. be. Whatever works for your swing, which is what golf's all about, isn't it? Uh, next, electric trolleys, electronics, which is uh, one of the things I think has been the huge increase. Where again, electric trolleys, not that long ago, not many people could afford them. They were not very attractive, and also the batteries were very, very heavy. So actually, the people who needed them, people who were getting on a bit, you know, couldn't either couldn't afford it or couldn't actually use them because they. But strong enough, they couldn't get out of the car boot, and that's a serious thing. They used to have huge, heavy lead batteries. Now we've got really, you know, well-designed, attractive machines which are actually really lightweight, uh, really easy to fold up and down, and with the lithium batteries as well, uh, easy and lightweight to get in and out of your car. And yeah, you can charge your phone on them. You've got GPSs on there. You've got drinks holders, umbrella holders. It's, it's amazing, aren't they? But I think the best one, which Tapper said in his video, which is on the YouTube channel if you want to watch it, is launch monitors. That is a complete game changer. Not only has it changed the way people get custom fit for clubs or how they practice, it's completely changed just the game as a whole, especially at the professional level. Yeah, no, that, well, I mean, they, absolutely, because you can actually see... Um, and it's going to change you the can see, future You, st- you can stop lying to yourself. You know, you can go to the range and you can hit a few dodgy ones and you can kind of forget about them. Whereas actually the launch monitors, especially, they show you what's going on. They show you your shot shape. Um, you've got very good eyesight, you know, everything's stored and things like that. So um, it's easy for anybody and the access is now available to so many people, especially it's, there's now golf ranges where every bay has a has launch monitor technology on them so you know exactly how far you're hitting your shots you know your shape um and it means that when you go out on the course you can hopefully have a bit more control of your ball yeah you can you can pretty much build the perfect golf swing it tells you your your path spin rate yeah so you can make everything zero or neutral whereas before you you were literally just guessing by the ball flight yeah, and also you can tell if your six iron goes as far as your seven iron. I always remember David Howe writing a, com- a column for us saying that he it wasn't until about he was twenty or twenty one that he actually went on a, a launch monitor and he found out that he was hitting his seven iron ten yards further than his six iron, and actually, you know, his clubs were all all over the place and he actually needed to get you know them probably fitted. Um, so yeah, now anyone can find that out really really quickly, can't they? Really easily. Another great innovation of the decade for me is waterproof golf bags. I simply would not, not not buy one. Basically, I could not 
not have one. That's the thing. Being uh, living in England as we do, and especially in wet January, it's amazing. The innovations for for us may be very different to someone who's living in America or something like that. I think the technology. I having been played at Prince's recently, I remember having a dreadful round of golf about ten years ago, where I just started working for Golf Monthly. I didn't have a really great pair of waterproofs, and I was frozen in December. Did not have a very good round at all. This time, I had a lovely set of waterproofs on. Uh, even though it was December again, and we had a lovely round of golf. So um, the difference from that is, was, you know, night and day. And I always remember that, just really struggling so much on that day. Yeah, and uh, I'd like to see a comparison between 2010 and 2020 golf balls as well. I'd love to see how far that technology has come on. Yeah. Which is, is that not, that's not really something we measure, is it? No, it's, I mean, it's tricky, isn't it? Because it, unless you you have to hit it, we obviously with the same clubs and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, technology for everything's moved forward. Yeah. The golf ball we know has moved forward again. You know that's and that's great for us amateurs, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Where's it going to go though? That's a scary. Well, thing, hopefully forwards. Um, well, yeah, that's a very bland answer. Well, I know. I mean, what's yeah. the driver going to look like in a decade? Um, like, probably reasonably similar. Yeah, I guess so. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. So, out, out of all those bits, what would the, what do you think has been the most innovative uh, golf product? Do you think the launch monitor? Definitely the launch monitor. Yeah, completely changed the face of the game. As it do you is not get a bit depressed? Do you not get a de- bit? Don't you get a bit depressed on launch monitor because it shows how, how short you hit the ball? Uh, I've literally only been on one once or twice. Oh, that was a joke, Elliot. But never mind. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I really like the electric trolleys. I think the electric trolleys is something which is completely changed. So many people have the electro- electric trolleys now. People, you know, golf is a great sport to getting out, getting, having the exercise. The biggest issue is sometimes, if, is if, especially if you're a bit old, that you actually can't carry the, your clubs or you're, you can carry your clubs, but you get to the last four or five holes and you're absolutely knackered and uh, you can't play golf anymore you know you just you're just struggling to get to the clubhouse where now these really good uh, electric trolleys take a lot of the pressure and strain off the body and you just got to you know, just get yourself around there so uh, and there's even trolleys that exist with a remote yeah, is that the ones remote, the follow, the, stu- the, one the shoot goal you. follow is amazing, which will just follow you around the place. Just got to make sure you don't walk too close to any bunkers or lakes or anything. Um, but I think that's something which will continue to do well. And now, you know, not that long ago, anyone with the trot, the only people who used trolleys were, were people who were slightly old. Now, if you're a serious golfer, uh, if you're in your teens, you have an electric trolley because. Again, it takes the pressure of your body. It means that all your energy is put into just the golf swing and getting the ball around the course as, as quick as you can. So really great uh, video that has been produced. Uh, it's on the Golf Monthly website, isn't it? Yeah. So people can... Uh, what was the best thing that they should, they should search for to find it? Best golf innovations of the 2010s. Yep, and, and uh, enjoy. Yeah, and you'll see Neil tap in there and uh, enjoy it. And let us know what you think uh, your best golf innovation of the decade has been. Is it one of those or is there something that we've missed? If we have, uh, email golfmonthly at ti-media.com or drop us a message at golfmonthly on Instagram and Twitter or golfmonthlymag on Facebook. So, talking of social media, we've had some questions that people want us to answer on social media. Yeah. We did have a lot of people asking about where we're playing at the moment and uh, any great winter green feed deals. So we created a post on the website, which is on the homepage currently. Mm-hmm. And I just want to read some out because I did some serious digging. You did. This is England only. Sorry, guys, outside of England or, um, well, who are very far outside of England. If you just cross the border, then some of these might be worth checking out. Oh, I sucked. You know, stop trying to put things in stop apologizing uh but i'd say my best one trevose top 100 course in cornwall you can play it for 39 pound on their winter green feed deal on a sunday and you get a roast dinner for 39 pound now you see this is the one that caught my eye as well i, I wonder why Elliot. but that's a really good offer isn't it that's a great Obviously, it might be a bit chilly but actually you know get down there enjoy it and spectacular scenery especially in the winter so uh, get down there uh, uh, so sorry tom if you've got a little weekend planned or if you've got some days off 
stay down there, go place in Enadoc as well, which is quite nearby. That is only £45 until the end of March. And spectacular there. That is well. a phenomenal golf course. Have you played there? You haven't? Yeah, you? I did them both last year. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, are the ones that stand out for me, Burnham and Barrow, two rounds, bed and breakfast, staying in the dormy house, I assume, because it says on site. Yeah, it is. 150 quid. That's, that is a great offer, that. Yeah, brilliant links course, great history, good conditioning. The dormy house is awesome as well. Yeah, it's right next to the bar. Bar is excellent. I can I can uh, recommend that. I was there for my birthday last year. so Two years ago, even. Two, two Novembers ago. So... Um, yeah, that's a really good one. Other ones that stand out, Hillside, eighty-five quid for a midweek round. Now, Hillside, I think, is one of the is, is one of the best courses in the country. Um, you know, that's that's saving you about a hundred quid, isn't it? Ninety-five quid, uh, yeah. And it's a great opportunity to go and play a fantastic course. And there's so many good courses in that area, such as South. Port and Ainsdale. That's seventy-five quid Monday to Friday. Again, a really, really good, um, really good course and a really good deal. Yeah. Uh, some other ones I want to point out: Woodall Spa, one of my favourite golf courses. Sixty pound to play on the Hotchkin. Easily top five in England in terms of inland courses. Beautiful heathland. They've also got a really good bed and breakfast deal. One night, two rounds on the Hotchkin and the Bracken, which is the second course. But it's a brilliant course in its own right. That's only 150 quid. Yeah. I'd recommend doing that. And then I'm going to say I'm going to finish off because otherwise we're just going through a huge list by mentioning Tandridge, which is not too far from where we are here, uh, which is a lovely course. Sorry, 30 pound around Monday, Wednesday, or Thursday until the end of Feb. That's a cracking offer. Also, the thing about Tandridge, we started by talking about Travos and the roast dinner. Tandridge has the, one of the best carveries and the, the, definitely one of the best dessert options of any golf club that I've ever been yeah, to. Yeah, 100%. So, uh, you know, I think that's very, very good. Some offer. people listening will have attended the Golf Monthly Help for Heroes Forum Day in November or whenever it was. Uh, maybe a bit earlier in the year, but the, the dessert table is absolutely stacked. Yeah. That was like There's, 20 The famous offerings. Tandridge pudding is something to behold. So... Uh, do uh, go, to go and enjoy that. Yeah, so great load of winter deals on there. So do check them out. Great opportunity to go and play some of the best courses uh, in the country. Have we got some other questions from social media, Elliot? Yes, we do, Tom. Uh, best golf film and book on Facebook from Mark Hawkins. Book, Dr. Bob Bratella's Golf is Not Game Perfect. Completely changed my game for about a year until I forgot <laughs> about it, but I need to read it again. <laughs> <laughs> best golf film I watched Happy Gilmore two weeks ago and it's hilarious it's a little bit stupid but it's very a little stu- bit stupid <laughs> it's very stupid but it's just hilarious uh, one thing that we really liked was that there's a 400 yard marker on the range which just shows that the people making the film didn't quite know too much about golf it's funny that you think that's the stupidest thing of that film um, uh, my I think there's only one golf book that I can say, and that's Great Golf Debates by Jeremy Elwood. What a book that is. Uh, golf Monthly's uh, uh, former associate editor and still still contributor. Uh, fantastic book if you ever want to have debates about, you know, look at the debates around the world of golf. Um, I used to send out about 10 copies a week because it's competition prizes as well. So Really? Yep, yeah, great book. And wow. also uh, my favourite golf film, it's got to be Tin Cup. Love Tin Cup, great film. You haven't seen it, have you? No. Disgrace. Uh, you are an, you are an absolute disgrace sometimes. Uh, I've watched E.T. now, though. Um, <laughs> is that a good golf film? E.T., phone home. <laughs> I'm glad you've put it on the podcast. Um, a great golf... Well, it's not great because it hasn't been out yet, but one book I'm really looking forward to is Tiger Woods' upcoming one, where he is going to reveal all it's about his you're life. just obsessed with Tiger Woods, let's face it. I'm uh, fascinated by him, yeah. Right, what other social media questions have you got? Uh, when will golf clubs get to the optimum they can be? This is from Vin Wilkinson on Facebook's. Facebooks. Uh, what do the manufacturers do after that? Well, I think there's so much more that they can do. I mean, unless until the ball goes in the hole every single time, which that's not going to happen, um, you know, golf clubs will always try and improve. Now, it's down to the people in charge of the game to make sure it doesn't go so far that it ruins the game. Um, my personal opinion is that I think one of the things which is going to come in the near future is that do we need 14 golf clubs to play a round of golf 
I'm not sure whether we need that. If you actually look at how many times you use every single one of your clubs in a round of golf, I bet you don't. And there's some that you would only use one or two, once or twice. So um, maybe that's going to be something which happens maybe sooner rather than later. And, you know, if you've got it down to 10 golf clubs or something like that, I think that would make people... Have you been listening to Miguel Angel Jimenez? I haven't. Ah. Does he say that? Does he say a similar thing? Yeah, 10 clubs. Yeah, uh, He says that... Using 14 takes the skill out of the game a little bit. And um, I really, especially at the pro I level, really agree, I really agree with him. I mean, do we need 10? How could we get it down to seven or eight? Yes is the answer. You can. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, some people play three clubs and a putter and beat their handicap still. Well, exactly. So, um, you know, I mean, obviously you don't want to affect it. The, I think the only thing is that you don't want to affect the amateur game too much and you can't change the golf just because of the pro game, the majority of people are amateurs who play the game. So, um, but I certainly think there's some interesting things which I think will happen in the future. Uh, sticking to technology, this is about TaylorMade. David Lisandro on Facebook. How far back through multiple TaylorMade drivers do you have to go before you see any real yardage gains versus the sim, the R9? Question uh, mark. I think Tappers, our digital editor who tested it, found some yardage gains a little bit. But, um, it's 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 one of those things. Yeah. Uh, if you can afford it, and who can, you can imp- you can buy a new say is ta- say you like TaylorMade drivers, yeah, and you want to get the latest TaylorMade driver, and you can afford it. Then you can go out get fitted for it every single year, and you can do. It's exactly the same. You've already been talking about mobile phones today, Elliot, and uh, your great new uh, dodgy phone that you're going to be buying. But I have an iPhone here. Now, do I buy the latest iPhone every time it comes out? No, I don't. Uh, But I don't. I usually wait a couple of years for it. Um, And in that two-year gap, is there been an improvement in technology? Then, yes, it has. So I think it's all down to your budget and what you can afford. Now... For example, you can get. We I think you can, we mentioned the SLDR, for example, a driver which is what two years old. No, Three years, no, no. Eight, How, seven or eight maybe. Seven? No, it's not seven or eight years old, is it? Oh, time, time of, so say for example the M three or M four, yeah. You know, a driver which is two or three years old. Now well, that was that is a very good golf club, and that was always going to be a, good, a very good golf club when it was out. It was an incredible golf club. Has it been overtaking? Yes. Is it still a good golf club? Yes, it is. Now, maybe that's the golf club that you can afford at the moment. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it, it's going to give you an improvement in your game if you're playing a driver which is 10, 15 years old, which an awful lot of people are, aren't they? Um, but if you're someone who wants to go out and improve and as much as you want, there's a reason why the pros use it. You know the latest models. The the pros would not use the latest models unless they were getting a slight improvement in the game, and it might be a very very slight improvement in their game. But just you know, pick the club that is right for you to use and go from there. Yeah, it's incredible how uh, angry a lot of people get about new releases when it comes to gear. Uh, one thing they, they'd probably be the same people who would then moan if there wasn't a new release as well because these are the guys who actually uh, take notice of, of what golf gear is out there that's the reason why a lot of people you know do moan about it and also there is obviously a little bit of jealousy out there you know if someone you know is able to afford the latest golf club and you can't is that fair well that's life isn't it um, but a lot of these golf clubs in the last two or three Three, you know, they're, they're fantastic golf clubs. Um, the main manufacturers do not make bad drivers, and if you find one that works for you, and it's a decent price, you know, and you can afford it, then great. Okay, and on Twitter, Mike Dodson, we're staying on gear here. Why do all the media outlets do what's in the bag? It really doesn't matter what the clubs are; it's the golfers using them. Is it some sort of deal with the companies to try to increase sales? Uh, I could not disagree with you more what's your name mike uh, uh mike yeah thanks for your question mike yeah I, I mean yeah mike good question but people love to know what the the guys are using out on tour they see them on tv and people like to know what's what they're using um some of it is down to the look some of people might say i really like the look of those clubs or we like the look of that putter that driver or his irons i wonder what they are yeah or a beginner who doesn't know too much about golf might see be watching it on telly and be like oh i wonder what clubs 
he uses because I'm thinking of buying a new set or uh, another thing well linking to beginners I really got into tennis this year and uh, I was watching the US Open religiously and I was pretty much doing the exact same like I wonder what racket they use because I'm quite interested about that some yeah, gear they, nerdy people I guess absolutely absolutely Do, people I think I hopefully understand that if they start if they buy Tiger Woods golf clubs it doesn't mean that they're going to start playing as well as Tiger Woods but people do like you know to follow you know be brand loyalists and if they see someone using it you know a certain or they've got a certain look it's amazing how many people it's like dressing like Jordan Spieth you've been speaking about Under Armour recently but so many people when Jordan Spieth was doing really well, suddenly Under Armour was seen a lot more on the golf course. And is that the same with any of the players? You know, how many people started wearing Nike golf stuff because of Tiger Woods? I can tell you an awful lot. Um, and it's the same with the golf clubs. People like to, you know, like to copy the look of the, some of their favourite pros. And we know, and the reason why we do it is because we know it's a popular thing because we get a load of web traffic from it. And that's the reason why we uh, keep producing the the posts yeah it's definitely not some sort of deal that we have with the companies to try and increase their no. sales it's generally just to give most of you guys what you're looking for and the the details and stuff i appreciate mike that probably doesn't float your boat but yeah it does exactly. float some people's boats indeed indeed uh, and then last one this week from racing magic is this the year rory ends his current major wind drought yes i said no last week didn't i you did i say yes you say no just yeah. because we've when are we first majors. seeing Rory? When are we first seeing him? Yeah. Farmers Insurance Open, Tory Pines at the end of the month, yeah. along with Tiger Woods. Exactly. So, you know, I think we're going to start seeing things from there. Um, and it's all going to suddenly start gearing up, you know, for that first major at Augusta in about four months' time. And we'll see where Rory's game is. It's going to be in a good place, I can tell you. Uh, I just know it is. So, um, Have you been speaking to him? You've got no, sources? No, no just... I just know where it's going to be. I've got a feeling. Is your profile picture still you and Rory? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Some some places. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe to the Good Podcast on your usual provider if you don't already and do rate and review us if you can. Uh, do check us out on social media at Golf Monthly on Instagram and Twitter and Golf Monthly uh, Magazine on Facebook. I may not be here next week, as I said earlier. And Elliot, you will be back after a drunken weekend in Budapest. So, you know, make sure you don't muck it up. Uh, no, thank you. Um, I, I, I probably won't see you next week. But if I do, or if well, I don't, if, sorry. We, if we do, then we'll be talking about uh, the Abu Dhabi Championship and who won in, uh, who's going to win. Even if, who's going to win in Dubai. Even if you haven't had a baby yet, you should probably stay at home just in case. You, you don't want to do the me? drive back on the you motorway. Should. But... Uh, Thanks for your uh, yeah. Thanks for your advice earlier. Yeah. Good luck, Tom. Thank you. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll speak in the near future.